Three, two, one, go. Welcome back to The Inner Athlete. This is episode number 54, and I am super excited to have gotten to spend an entire week in Las Vegas last week. It was so awesome. I have never been there before. The sightseeing was amazing. The people were amazing. The education was amazing. The experience was amazing. It was all amazing. Uh, The only thing that probably wasn't amazing was my sleep. My sleep was complete garbage last week, and I have a whoop strap that I full-heartedly believe in, and if you would have asked me that a year ago, I would have been like, eh, I don't think I need that, um, and it, it was showing that I was just pretty much close to death last week, <laughs> and you know, for no other reason than I think it was the time change. I think it just got me, so anyways, um, I actually wanted to just make a podcast episode because as I was around other athletes last week and just kind of talking some things. Uh, the idea of cutting, especially if you are an athlete who has a, a strength focused, um, sport, uh, or even CrossFit where you have to have that combination of being strong, but also being able to fly around on a pull-up bar and, you know, obviously run fast. So there's so many other things that go on that I wanted to just make an episode kind of hopefully breaking down what it looks like to create a calorie deficit, uh, AKA a fat loss phase or a cutting phase as a performance athlete, even if your goal isn't to ever, you know, pursue competing in the sport, but you honestly just value your fitness enough to know that you don't want to see any detrimental changes to your athleticism in the gym. And so I, I know firsthand how hard that can be. Um, it, it happened to me and it sucks. It, especially if your identity is wrapped up in, in how fit you are and what you can do and to have that stripped from you is, is really, really hard. And and that did happen to me at one point in my athletic career. And it was really hard to come back from. I was depressed. I was anxious. And it's something that I feel like my body is still kind of rejecting a little bit. So I will say this knock on wood, I'm injury free and I am super stoked for this next season. I am working with the underdogs crew who are an amazing group of individuals, um, very fit females, very fit males, very awesome coaches. And it's just been an experience. And that's who I got to see last week. So um, long story short, that's why I'm creating this episode. So I wanted to start by just kind of breaking down for those of you guys out there that are looking to get a little bit leaner. Basically what you're going to hear a lot of, I want to build muscle and get stronger, but I also want to look a little bit leaner. And this is that build muscle, burn fat. Um, And it's first really important for me to get you guys to understand that you don't technically do both at the same time, but you can do both at the same time over time, which is a little bit wordy, but you can spend some time working on a calorie deficit and some time spending on calorie maintenance and honestly still see some great results, especially if you're tailoring your training to that. Now, if you follow a group fitness program, this does make this types of stuff a lot more difficult. And I do think that in that case, you are likely going to be wanting to focus on one or the other. But those of you guys following a group fitness program, um, you honestly should still be seeing the results. If not, you will likely be adding in strength and stuff like that. So, um, and I can kind of go into that more specifically as we get going. So, um, ideally, uh, when you're creating calorie deficit as an athlete, you want to be really smart about how you do this. And, and that's kind of what I want to make this episode about, because there's a lot of factors you have to be watching. Uh, so first things first, what is a calorie deficit? And Oh, by the way, before I get into first things first. When I say athlete, I want you guys to understand that I'm not talking about the 1%. I'm talking about those of you guys that are in the gym and you actually value being fit. You actually value what your body can do. You want to be able to squat heavier. You want to be able to run faster. You want to be able to do more pull-ups. 
that is what I mean by athlete. You have athletic goals. And so I'm speaking to you guys out there, not just the 1% that go to the CrossFit games or the people that do actually compete. If you compete in the gym with yourself or the people around you, this episode is also for you. Okay. Just wanted to make that quick little tangent. So calorie deficits in terms of, you know, I'm sorry, let's talk calorie deficits in terms of obviously getting those goals to happen. So the, the losing body fat, uh, and obviously gaining muscle. So first things first, calorie deficits means a calorie deficit means we are taking in less energy or less calories than we're burning. So, um, ideally energy is stored in our fat cells and in our body and our muscles as glycogen. And ideally when we are in a calorie deficit, we are essentially not giving the body enough incoming glycogen and calories. So it's having to rely on whatever is stored. And at some point that gets depleted. There are a lot of other things that are going to factor into what types of calories, uh, I'm sorry, what kind of energy we're burning and where our body is getting that energy from. That's why macronutrients become so important because we want to make sure we're taking in enough protein to maintain our lean muscle tissue and that our body isn't looking to pull energy from muscle tissue. Uh, we want to actually make sure we're prioritizing that. And also that carbohydrates don't drop so low that our energy is tanking in our glycolytic sport. So Calorie deficit, bottom line, is we're taking in less energy than we're burning. Now, when it comes to creating this calorie deficit, uh, there are a few different ways that we can create a calorie deficit. It's not always about what's going in. We can also manipulate what's going out as well. And this is why a lot of CrossFitters come game season have to really pick up the amount of food that they're eating because the amount of volume they're doing is going to get turned up. So Option number one for creating a calorie deficit is what most people are going to be familiar with. It's um, honestly when they're just taking in less food overall. So if you've been eating 2,500 to 2,700 calories a day and you decide you want to go into a cutting phase and you drop it down to 2,000, you've now just manipulated your calorie intake um, without assessing or without changing your calorie um, output. And that's one way to manipulate calories. Option number three, uh, option number two is essentially when we're going to manipulating the calories, um, being expressed or calorie expenditure. Um, so what we're doing in our workouts, what we're doing in our lifestyle, all of these different things, uh, we actually maybe pick up the amount of intensity in our workouts. We pick up the amount of movement we're doing throughout the day, and that's going to create a calorie deficit. So, um, option number one, we're cutting food option. Number two, we're adding an exercise or some type of activity. Option number three, which is probably what I'm going to say is the least preferred, is that we're doing a combination of the both together. Now, there might be a point where one or the other stops working and we have to add on, but we shouldn't really be trying to do both at the same time because that usually ends up creating a little bit too much stress. Now, another little tangent that I want to talk about on this in particular is that Unfortunately, just manipulating calories in isn't always the best solution, especially if we do it too drastically without watching for biofeedback, because uh, the problem with that is that our body is very smart and will likely start to adapt to that lower amount of calories, and we will start to burn less calories doing the exact same activity. So all of a sudden, we're moving a little bit slower. We're not blinking as much. We're not using our hands as much to talk. All of these other things happen and we suddenly start burning less calories over time. And then that means that our calorie expenditure goes down to match the calories coming in. And this is where adapt adapta or metabolic adaptation has obviously occurred in some way, shape or form. And the goal really is to watch these things, to look at non-exercise activity, to pay attention to how motivated are you feeling to walk from the parking lot to the grocery store, things like that, that can really, you know, obviously be playing a factor in your overall results. So other things that play a factor 
into that calorie expenditure that people don't think about that are going to also create some changes is things like changes in the weather and temperature, changes in stress levels or hormones. Um, all of those different things are going to play factors. And this is why it's really important that people that have expectations for a very linear process with weight loss understand that there's going to be a lot of peaks and valleys in that because of the different things that we can't control. The more variables you control if your goal is weight loss, the better opportunity you're going to have to see consistent results. But it's also very hard to control everything. And so if you are somebody that lives a very crazy chaotic life and you constantly find yourself stressed out that you're not seeing any progress, this is likely what's going on. You're having too many variables that you can't control and that's okay. I'm not telling you to go change your life altogether. I'm just saying it, that you have to be understanding that that's going to slow down the progress a little bit and just to be a little bit more patient. Now, the other thing about this calorie deficit that I wanted to understand you guys to understand is that um, because there's so many factors and variables that are going to affect our day-to-day -day fluctuations in calorie expenditure, it's also really important with why people need to be consistent with their nutrition beyond just a few days or even a few weeks. You know, we tend to get so hung up in like the week-to-week -week or the day-to-day -day transformations when in reality, this shit happens over time. And so if, if you've been consistent with your nutrition for five days and then for two days you've been off the walls, it's going to basically erase whatever calorie deficit you put yourself in over the week. And this is very common. Even if it doesn't completely offset it, it will. And, and, and it will offset it enough to create a lack of motivation for most people. And this is why, okay, let's just give you like the basic numbers without actually having a visual. So let's just say your maintenance calories are 2000. We're just going to make a really easy number. When we're creating a calorie deficit for weight loss, we need to create a 3,500 calorie deficit. So um, to lose a pound, you need 3,500 calorie deficit. Like I said, we can do that one of two ways or a combination of the two decreasing food in or increasing volume out uh, to create that change. Now, if we decide to go ahead and take 500 calories off the top of that 2000 a day, that means that over 500 times seven would be 3,500. That would equate a one pound loss per week. So by just cutting your calories from 2000 to 1500, we're going to see that. Now, there are a lot of things that are going to change the efficacy of that number because if I also have somebody increase their protein and decrease their fat intake, they're likely going to get a more thermogenic effect. So they actually might have better results because they're now burning more calories. This is where macros can play a factor. You know, on the vice, if they've also had experience with, um, you know, maybe some stress or things like that, and they're going to also see some changes in that. Not to mention if they ate those 1500 calories for five days, but then Saturday and Sunday, they were at 2,400 calories. That means that Saturday and Sunday, they had an extra 400 calories on top of their calorie maintenance. And that's going to negate some of the calorie deficit they had those two days. So it's going to negate some of that weight loss. So if you look at it this way, if that 2,000 calories times seven days is 14,000 calories a week. Okay, and I'm going to get my calculator out for this. 14,000 calories a week. And if I then go ahead and take out the 3,500 calories, that means that now I've got 10,500 calories left to eat over the course of a week to make up my one pound loss. One freaking pound, okay? So if I divide that by seven, we know we've got that 1,500, all right? Let's just say that we've hit 1,500 for five days. That equals 7,500 calories. 
then let's just say we had 2,500 times two days. Okay. We've now eaten 10,500 calories. So an extra 2,000 calories more than we needed for that one pound loss. Not to mention you're going to see some weight fluctuations if those calories for, were from things that were higher in sodium and salt, AKA you ate out. Um, so this is where like consistency matters. Perfect. And I'm not saying it by only, by all means, am I saying don't worry or like, don't think you have to be perfect seven days a week. I'm just saying that this is why consistency matters more for weight loss. So I know that got a little bit lengthy, but I wanted to make sure you guys understood that a little bit because it is really important to understand that, you know, so many things are going to factor into that. Um, now kind of going into another thing that I want to kind of watch out for is, is I kind of mentioned a little bit about the metabolic adaptation that happens when we cut calories too much. This is where we can actually get bad biofeedback from those of you guys out there that are looking to obviously maintain your strength, get fitter while still obviously working to get leaner. Cause in the best case of the best case scenario is we're getting you leaner, but we're also getting you fitter is the end goal. So the problem is, is that we cut calories back too much. We can actually kind of turn our bodies into that adapted state. And the best analogy I gave, and I gave this on social media the other day is pretend your phone is getting, it's running out of battery. I'm sure you guys have had that notification, 30% left, 20% left, 10% left, switching to low power mode, okay? What did your phone do at that moment? It decided, okay, I've got not very much power left, so let's not run these processes and let's focus on these processes. Let's keep the lifeline going. That is essentially the same thing that your body does when there is not enough calories available. And for someone that's an athlete, you're going to see decrease in performance. You're going to see that you're not moving as quickly and as rapidly as you were before. So making sure that you're aware of that, um, it's really, really important. And then on the flip side of things, um, if you honestly are eating more calories, the difference is then that phone, your body will store those calories. And this is where athletes can kind of run into the opposite direction is not knowing that sweet spot of, of that just enough to produce the body composition goals that we want, but also maintain the level of strength and, and fitness that we want. So finding that sweet spot is really, really, really important. And this is why I don't technically believe that people should rely on a calculator per se. Um, I think it's really important that we look at that calculator like it's a base and we want to be able to adjust up and down from there. And this is why I actually don't think that calculators are the best way for people to actually find the right calorie balance for them. I think it's actually more of, I like to call it being the chef versus being the baker. I think that the baker is going to look at, Hey, these are the, this is the recipe and it's, they're going to follow it to a T like a quarter cup of this quarter cup of that, or you're not going to get the right product. So with a, with the chef, they might add a sprinkle of this and a sprinkle of that. And that's kind of where coaching comes in because we want to watch that biofeedback and be like, you know what? Uh, performance isn't feeling as good. Let's bring carbs up a little bit. Let's bring fat down. Sleep isn't going as good. Let's try and bring fat back up. And, and I always think that it's really important to kind of make sure that we're watching those things as we are creating uh, the proper calorie balance for things. Now, when it comes to those of you guys out there with athletic goals and you want to obviously be performing your best, getting a little bit leaner, um, and this goes for not just you guys in the in the gym looking to perform your best, but also in, in life, you want to get the best results, cover all the bases. And leanness is not based on just your exercise and your food. There are other things that play a factor into people being lean. It is a very much a lifestyle that lean people live. They sleep, they value sleep, they value recovery. They, they prioritize those things. They try and work on stress management. They 
honestly value their fitness enough to make sure that it comes first. They don't drink alcohol all the time. There are so many other factors that go into a person being able to maintain a level of leanness. And those of you guys that are out there and you're like, man, I really want to get a little bit leaner, get a little bit fitter. This is what it's going to take. And it's really important that as a coach, I am honest with you guys about that because I think that a lot of people can make it look really sexy that it's like, oh, I'm going to like lean out really quickly with these macros. And it's, it's not this quick fix. It is something that a person is committing to. I just think that the misconception is that the person has to be committed 100% to like tracking every morsel for the rest of their life. And I'm a big believer in the Pareto principle. I use that in a lot of places in my own life and in my clients' lives as well is like, Hey, 80% of the time we should be on track. 20% of the time we should be able to be like a little bit more flexible. And that is including, you know, we have so many weeks in the year, we're going to take some weeks off for vacation for holidays and things like that. Um, there's days in the week when we're not going to be training because that's going to be our 20% where we're actually going to be recovering instead. So all of those factors play a role in that. I think a lot of people don't really understand that. So they end up starting something they're like, this is way too hard for me. And they don't look at the end of it all, that it's going to be worth it in the end because they're going to have that body that they wanted and they're going to be able to take the training wheels off and be a little bit more flexible with that life as well. So hopefully this episode brought some value to you guys. If you guys want more episodes like this, if you guys want episodes in particular about anything special, please let me know. Um, shoot me a message, shoot me an email. There's going to be a link to my information in the show notes. Uh, but until next week, guys, have an awesome week.